The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Bryce Kuhn alongside Glenn West as we get into the second edition of our spring position previews. We talked about the offensive line and tight ends earlier in the week, and now we stretch it out a little bit to the skill positions. And, Glenn, what I think a topic a lot of people uh, heading into the spring ball are going to be really excited about the names that kind of emerge at these position groups. So we're going to be talking about wide receivers and running backs today. Before we get started, if you're watching over on our YouTube channel, make sure to subscribe. Hit the like button. That helps us in the algorithm. And if you listen to the podcast, maybe on your drive home from work, maybe you're at the gym, we would love if you would like and follow us wherever you get your audio podcast. Glenn, let's hop right into this because we've talked a little bit about the running back room. I think we've done a good job of that over the past couple of weeks. So we don't necessarily need to rehash everything, but I think we could start off right here. I mean, you know, Sonny Ship said it, I think, about a week or two ago. It's very rare to have as much veteran talent coming back that LSU does. Now, currently, that's going to spring ball. Now, things could change in that second transfer window, but as of today, I think that uh, as a fan, you have to feel pretty good about where LSU heads with the experience and the talent level that they bring back in the in the running back room. Yeah, I mean, you've got five guys coming back for the spring, and four of those guys are uh, two, three, four-year players uh, at the college level, and that's um, you know pretty rare, you know, to have that kind of um, that talent, that depth uh, at, at the at a position like running back. I think it's. Uh, it's really important. I mean, when you look at what some of these guys did last year, it's it's going to be really important that they take another step. I think, and you know, you look at a guy like John Emery and some of the bouts that he's had in terms of missing time um, over his career at LSU, not getting on the field really early in his career. Um, this is kind of like his second, I would say, probably full year where he's going to be expected to 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 be a, a significant piece of this running back room. And um, that that's going to be really important, I think, for him in terms of, you know, can he be the explosive player that we saw at times last year at a more consistent rate? Um, 
can he limit the turnovers and and, and the, the ball handling and whatnot? But um, yeah, I think it's 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 really good problem to have if you're LSU. I mean, the obvious question there is, you know, what happens after the spring if one guy mm-hmm. feels he's on the short end of the stick? Does he hop in the portal and go somewhere where he feel like he can get a lot of playing time? Um, you know, I, I I just just shooting off the cuff here, but just one name that kind of makes sense in that in that respect is probably Armani Goodwin in terms of. Just the injury history he has the last couple of years, not really being able to uh, fulfill his immense potential. I mean, this was a guy who was a borderline five-star running back coming out of college, coming out of high school, and so um, you know, if he uh, if he's still a little bit hampered with that injury, if they want to work him back slowly in the spring, um, then you know he, he he's somebody that I could you know, kind of fit that mold in terms of maybe a, a spring post spring departure. But if you're able to hold on to all those guys, I mean, you've got now you've got Noah Kane, John Emery, Josh Williams, Armani Goodwin, uh, and then the two freshmen, uh, you know, Caleb Jack, Caleb Jack- Jackson isn't going to be here till the, till the summer, but uh, you get to incorporate Trey Holly into the group as well uh, this spring. So yeah, a very deep group. Um, but certainly there's there's going to be room for improvement, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get to here in a minute. Yeah, you talk about room for improvement. I mean, what's a guy that you're really watching for? I mean, I think a lot of people, and we've talked about it extensively, uh, is John Emery Jr. I, I mean, the protection, the ball protection. If he can protect the ball, look, we know his elusiveness. We know what he can do out of the backfield as a, as a pass-catching option for this offense. Uh, you think he has the highest ceiling or the most to prove maybe this upcoming spring? Yeah, I would say so. I think probably, um, you know, the the one thing that this group didn't do a whole ton of last year was break free into the second, uh, you know, the second level and, and make a bunch of explosive plays downfield. Uh, you saw that a lot from Jaden Daniels last year as a runner. But in terms of the actual running back room, I would say Emery was the the best guy who did that for you. And there were only a, a, a handful of times that he was able to break one off and really get LSU in some, some valuable field position off of one of his plays. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's gotta be the biggest, I, I would say point of emphasis is just being a little bit more dynamic back there. Uh, and that's a, that's something that encompasses everybody on the offense. You know, that's gotta be the offensive line opening up holes. It's gotta be, uh, the, the quarterback reading the right protections and where to hand the ball off and um, you know it, it's it, and what hold to hit you know it's just it's it's on everybody really uh, the receivers on the outside you know blocking and um, really I think putting an emphasis on uh, when you do make those running plays making them as explosive as you can um, and and uh, Emory fits that picture I think you know, Armani Goodwin fits that as well. I think he's a guy that if he can stay healthy and is a guy that, that else you can really uh, rely on in that respect in terms of, cause he was, he was a guy that was averaging, I think five or six yards to carry before he got mm-hmm. hurt. Um, so he, he has a lot of potential, a lot of, uh, you know, not a ton of wear and tear on the body yet either. You know, he had a, you know, kind of freshman year that was hampered by injury as well. Um, but uh, it, it's just been the injuries that have really kind of, un- you know, kept him from really unlocking his true potential. I want to talk about Noah Kane in the sense of, look, uh, college football fans, I'm sure LSU fans too, t- tuned into him during his time at Penn State and, and the massive potential that he has. He comes to Baton Rouge, comes back home. What was kind of your assessment watching him this past season? I mean, there's some games where he shouldered the load albeit maybe against some lesser opponents, the UAB game comes to mind uh, in that sense. But 
What is his role maybe heading into spring? I mean, he's a bit, he's more of a bruiser, in my opinion, the running back. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, haul off a 40-yard run. But when you see this, I mean, what is his role coming into the spring? How does he fit into this mix? I mean, he was a move-the-sticks kind of guy for you last year. I mean, he didn't really get a ton of opportunity, really, until the tail end of the season. And he, I think, exceeded a lot of expectations, um, you know, the coaching staff certainly had him a notch lower than than Emery and Josh Williams and uh and even Goodwin uh, at the very beginning of the season so um but I I thought you know he's just a really good veteran presence uh for that room he you know he takes care of the ball you know you know what you're gonna get uh we heard this a number of times from coach Kelly last year he's just I think dependable is the right word um you know he he's not a guy that's gonna you know explode for many 40 50 yard gains but um, and he, if you get him, you know, in that second level, he can make you miss and he can, he can certainly try to run through you as well. I mean, he's a very physical, um, you know, powerful running back. And so I think there's going to be a role for him next year. Absolutely. I think, um, it just depends honestly on how much of a by committee approach they want to take this year. If there's somebody that, you know, makes a quantum leap in their game, do they, you know, really lean on them heavily? I think that's going to be a big question mark, but, um, you know, I, I'm looking at Noah Kane feeling a really nice, you know, complimentary role this year. And um, maybe for a guy like Josh Williams to finally take the, 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 the lead back duties um, moving forward. Yeah. And speaking on Williams, I mean, this is a guy that kind of emerged and, and was an option. And the biggest thing when you watch, uh, go back and watch games, Glenn, and I'm sure you saw this live, is this guy's just physical. I mean, he just does not quit multiple times. Obviously, the game against Alabama comes to mind. I mean, there's multiple games, though, you watch this kid play, and he just has a don't-quit attitude. The legs never stop moving, and I think that's admirable. One, that's going to make the fan base really like you when you're a guy that doesn't stop moving trying to get that extra yardage. But I know Sonny Ship has brought this up. You know, you talk about the lead-back role. Does Josh Williams have maybe the the size-speed-strength combo to be a bell cow back? I mean, look, I know this, that's kind of a phasing out process. We're seeing a lot of the great teams have a, like we talked about, a committee, two, three, a stable of horses to go to. Uh, what do you think, Williams? I mean, this is a guy that can, you know, get 15, 20 touches a game, or are we going to see a little bit less more in that committee we were talking about? When I say, you know, probably bell cow, I would probably mean more towards a guy who's just going to be on the field a lot more than the others. And I think that pertains to Josh Williams. That fits him to a T. I mean, his – you know, his career, his, his season high last year in, in, in carries was 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had 17 a couple times as well. Um, but he, he was just so dependable and trustworthy for this staff when he was healthy uh, from a pass blocking perspective and from, um, you know, being able to, to get into the backfield and, 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 and make plays um, without having the ball in his hands. Um, that, was something that I know the coaching staff really liked about him. They really felt like the offense just ran a lot smoother when he was out on the field because of all the the little things he was able to do right. Um, and I think that's what's going to give him the edge this year in terms of the, the snap count and how many uh, snaps he plays. Um, touches, I would imagine he's still probably around the same. I think he's a guy that you want to get anywhere between 12 and 15 touches a game, whether that's you know running the ball or, or getting it to him out of the backfield uh, via pass. But, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's just a guy that I think you trust and you really know what you're going to get out of him. Um, that was something this offense um, was really – 
kind of looking for in terms of a backfield guy that they could really rely on towards the end of the season. And you said, I mean, during their stretch there where they won five in a row and kind of, you know, position themselves to be a, a college football playoff kind of in the running for that. He, you know, Williams was a huge part of that success offensively. And so, and you saw it when they didn't have him available for, you know, the Texas A&M game, how much they struggled, um, you know, punching it in, in the red zone and, and, and mm-hmm. getting, um, you know, those just, you know, finishing off that game, it was really tough on the offense. And so um, I think Josh Williams is going to be probably the guy you see the most out on the field. Um, but I, I do think in terms of touches and carries, it will be a little bit more of a, a split backfield between him and a, and a couple other guys. And who knows? I mean, we saw it at some points this past season. I mean, if you got the hot hand, I don't think Brian Kelly's, uh, you know, scared to say, hey, let's let this, you know, the more carries he's getting, the stronger he's getting as the game's going on. And I think it bodes well for the young guys. We mentioned him earlier, Trey Holly currently on campus, and then obviously waiting to get to campus in the uh, in the summer is uh, Caleb Jackson. You know, these two guys, I think, benefit from this situation. You have a lot of ver- veteran talent to look up to. While they're both very talented in their own right, you know, being able to kind of see and watch uh, what these teams or what these teams uh, scheme against. How, how does a defensive team in the SEC look? I mean, these kids are getting onto campus for the first time. I think it bodes well for them to be able to watch from all the veteran talent. But time will tell. Like we talked about in May, when that uh, portal opens back up, does a member leave? Does does an Armani Goodwin decide to leave? Uh, it's going to be very interesting to monitor. Uh, because, look, it's a loaded running back room in today's day and age. It's really hard to keep that amount of running backs and uh, divvy up the carries like we were talking about. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. As we kind of float over to the receiver position, obviously, um, Jare Jenkins gone, uh, Kayshawn is gone. So you see uh, two 
very good options, I think we could say, you know, leave LSU. But, Glenn, I think there's a lot of excitement, one, because what was brought in the transfer portal. We're going to talk about Aaron Anderson. But also the emergence of Malik Neighbors. Now, many people outside of the uh, LSU beat have hit on this already, but Malik Neighbors kind of established himself as a number one really especially later on the stretch. I mean, I know that Purdue game was a little lopsided and Purdue was really shorthanded, but still to do what he did. What he, he threw a touchdown pass, had two completions total, and also, uh, you know, lights it up uh, at, at the receiving end as well. You think Neighbors makes that jump? I mean, this is a guy who I think could shoot up some draft boards for next draft cycle because the kid has all the talent and he really kind of emerged on the scene this past year. Yeah, he's a dynamic playmaker, and I think he proved that in the tail end of last year um, with some of his games that he had, um, and and, certainly in the SEC championship game as well. He caught a touchdown and had over well over 100 yards in that game as well. Um, I think he's returning as one of the best uh, receivers in this conference, and typically when there's elite receivers in the SEC, they go pretty high in the draft. And Mm -hmm. um, I think he's certainly going to be a guy that LSU – leans on heavily in this offense next year i think he and the um the 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 confidence that he built with with Jaden daniels last year uh that that is a pretty special connection that they developed um as the season really wore on uh you could tell that Jaden was really looking for him in key key moments and in key spots um down the field and look i mean if Jaden develops the way that we hope he can he's going to be taking more chances next year and Malik is going to be on the on the on the positive end, I think, of a lot of those looks downfield. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm super excited to see what Malik Neighbors can do next year. Um, think he can certainly be a you know one two day uh, one two three round kind of guy um, when it's all said and done. Um, and he and, and I think the thing that he does probably better than most is you know when the ball's in the air, it's his. I mean, he he is mm-hmm. a guy that's not going to you know let the defender you know, clothesline him or anything like that for, for a ball, uh, jump in front of him for a ball, he's going to go up and get it. And so and when you have a receiver that's that good at, you know, making the making the adjustments in the air at the point of the catch, um, that gives the quarterback even more trust. And so I think that is going to be something that those two really continue to develop this offseason between him and Daniels. And I, I think he's going to be a well over a thousand yard guy. And let's see if he can get in the end zone a few more times too. I mean, he, you know, was really efficient um, in terms of his, you know, when you were throwing in the ball, he was going to catch it. But um, certainly I think he'd probably like to get in the end zone a little bit more uh, next year than just three times. Yeah, and with Kayshawn gone, I mean, this is a guy that is obviously going to receive more attention. So we'll see how does the staff combat that. Another that guy that kind of burst onto the scene uh, is a guy in Brian Thomas Jr., who I really liked watching down in the red zone, guy that had five touchdown receptions. Um you know, another guy, Glenn, that, you know, you go back and watch the games, and he did a really good job of coming back to the football. Uh, most notably, I think it was the Ole Miss game where he comes back and makes a nice catch. I might be wrong on that. I'm sure the fans will let us know. But this guy who plays really physical, uh, and I think he complements, uh, you know, this receiving room really well because he's got some good size. But as a red zone threat, I mean, look, you have your X and Y receiver out there. We hadn't even got inside of the slot yet. I mean, what do you like about Brian Thomas Jr. and what he can bring with another year of experience under his belt? And he's got a lot of talent, and I think we're all still waiting for that really breakout year from him. I mean, he Mm -hmm. had flashes last year, but 
there were also spouts where he kind of disappeared uh, for much of the game. And that, you know, that's a little bit on him. It's a little bit on Jane Daniels. It's a little bit on the offense in terms of what they're looking for in a certain play. Um, but I think Brian Thomas has all the talent in the world to really fulfill a large role for this team next year. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. I, they, they have so many options this year in terms of guys that, you you know have the talent to be able to do mm-hmm. it, but just haven't been able to translate it to on field success consistently yet. Um, I think you can certainly throw Aaron Anderson in that boat. Um, uh, you know, Kyron Lacey, I think, is a guy who has a lot of potential in this offense, but he just uh, I think he caught a little bit of the late season blues last year in terms of drops. And so, um, if is he a guy that you can really count on to be a vertical threat? Uh, Chris Hilton Jr. is a guy who is returning as a former five-star player, uh, battled a lot of injuries last year. Um, can he be a, an option for you in that slot? And I think Brian Thomas is in that mold with those players, maybe a, just a notch higher just because he's been on the field a little bit more than those guys. Um, but we're, we're still waiting on it, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of chemistry he develops with another offseason under Jaden. Um, does he – uh, you know, will Garrett Nussmeyer get a lot more reps this spring? Um, and and is he is he a guy that you know Nuss is looking for downfield a lot? I think that's a really good uh, question that will certainly be answered in the spring. I, I'm excited to see what how they divvy up. You know, we we haven't really touched on it yet, but the the quarterback snaps. I think you've got to give Nussmeyer some first team reps uh, and 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 see how it goes and. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, Brian Thomas is a guy that certainly can benefit from having us behind center. Um, so, yeah, it, it, there's just a lot of questions that I think are going to be really interesting to find out this spring. And uh, certainly, you know, which receiver outside of Malik Neighbors steps up and is that second guy um, is, is going to be a really uh, important answer for LSU to find this spring. Yeah, going back to Kyron Lacey, I mean, I remember when seeing him in the portal, 6'3", 215. I mean, that's SEC size right yeah. there. You see what he can do and what he did at the Sun Belt level. Uh, if that translates into the SEC, there's a lot of untapped potential in this receiver room and a big reason why this offense uh, is really highly touted coming into spring ball. We'll kind of wrap it up here with the young guys. It's a talented class that they brought in, some high-end talent. Uh, you have a guy like Jalen Brown, who is that 5'11", 170-pound, kind of, a, kind of a speedster. But, you know, I, I'm really excited about what this group has in Shelton Sampson Jr., a guy from Baton Rouge. Any of these guys maybe, you know, challenge for playing time early on? I mean, no, you know, Sampson Jr. is not going to be on campus till, till the summer. So what does it look like? I mean, are there reps available for these incoming freshmen? I, I think so. Um, you know, I think they've got to, you know, certainly, um, you know, get those guys caught up to speed. Um, you know, I know Samson's a guy who's on campus already. Um, a couple of those receivers haven't gotten to campus yet. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they won't be available for the spring, but, um, I, I think probably you're looking at special teams as a, as a role that certainly Jalen Brown can fill. Uh, I think Shelton Sampson might, um, want to add a little bit more weight to them. I think there's certainly uh, an effort going to be made this offseason to see what kind of uh, improvements he can make to his body um, before you really just throw him out there against some of these big corners and linebackers. But um, they, they've got a lot of talent there, and I think that, that you know they're going to be able to be in an advantageous position to kind of bring them along slowly this spring. 
um, certainly get the guys reps. I mean, that's really important. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, you know, running with first team and, and, and you know, throwing them out, you know, to the wolves right from the get go, uh, I think they have a really good receiving core, you know, of veterans that are ahead of them right now. Guys, that I think you can really expect to see a bulk of the snaps uh, in, in Anderson and, and, and certainly neighbors and Thomas and, um, you know, We'll, we'll see what happens with Chris Hilton if he's available. But um, I, I just think that there's a lot of guys that, you know, kind of will will have some opportunities that are ahead of them right now, but certainly they can compete for, for, for some of those snaps. But um, I like what Selton Sampson is able to do in terms of his size. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly is going to be the future, I think, of, of this room. Uh, Jalen Brown, you can certainly envision him as a future slot guy in this room. Um, but, you know, like I said, they're going to be – uh, in a really good spot with those guys because they can bring them along slowly. Yeah, bring them along slowly. That's a luxury to have yeah. uh, right now with this room. And I think, too, what you talked about, you're, there's Malik Neighbors, and kind of the story of this wide receiver room is who's going to capture the opportunity. I mean, there it's out there. There are reps out there. Uh, and look, like I said earlier, I mean, Malik Neighbors is not going to sneak up on anybody this year. I mean, defenses are going to say, okay, if we take him away, that's going to be the game plan. Don't let him beat us. It may force somebody else to get the ball, and I think that's where it's the challenge for these guys to kind of step up. And the star starts in spring ball as well. And you hinted at it. We're going to get to it. Next up is the quarterback uh, discussion, which is going to happen, and I'm sure, Glenn, will be the most viewed and listened episode of the entire spring preview because I know a lot of people have thoughts on it, but we're going to get that. We might even invite Sonny Ship in on the mix to get his expert opinion as we talk continue to talk spring previews at the position battles. My name is Bryce Kuhn. This is Glenn West. This has been the Go 24-7 Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Whether it's the morning, the afternoon, the night, we appreciate all that you all do, liking, subscribing, and if you're a VIP member of the site, we appreciate that even more. If you are not, you just got to hit the link down below. We'll put that link down there. It takes you directly to the site and get a great deal going for you right now as you continue to get educated on spring ball, Baseball is getting ready for a big weekend series, Glenn. Uh, On the road, you just put up a great article about that, kind of what can this team learn about themselves in a road tournament environment. Going to be a lot of fun to watch those guys uh, play out there this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Going to be really exciting. I think um, you you might have a little bit of trouble finding the games unless you want to subscribe to the D1 Baseball three-day tournament. Uh, I think it's $25 or something <laughs> still on the fence of whether or not I'll do that. But um, if not, we'll certainly be listening to Chris Blair or whoever's there uh, with the baseball team, Bill Frank as, um, and see what, see what the, see what the baseball team can do. I think it's going to be a good weekend. It will be indeed. Appreciate you so much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button, set up notifications for the next time that we are live. This has been the go 24 seven podcast. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.